What have I done? I wailed into the dark night. I was twenty-six years old and lying in a cold sweat and close to tears in a bunk bed in a rented flat in Edinburgh. It was August 1990. I'd given up my job as a junior hospital doctor only days before to become a comedy writer and performer, and I'd just seen a review of the play I'd written and was starring in. It was short, pithy, and to the point. The show is a dud and deserves only box office failure. Could my career in show business have got off to a worse start? The reviewer was one Hayden Murphy, a notoriously tough crowd. That same year, he'd slagged off the Rubber Bishops, a very funny double act, one half of which was a little-known comic called Bill Bailey. After the play's two-week run was up, I licked my wounds and went home to a bedroom in my mum's house in the Kent village I'd grown up in and attempted to write a stand-up act. It was the same bedroom that I'd slept in the night after my first success in show business, 1974's cub panto Aladdin. Cubs were massive in Kent in the 70s. We wore green skinny rib jumpers, grey shorts, little green tags in the tops of our socks and a sort of lady's scarf round our necks secured by a napkin ring known as a woggle. In other words, we were pretty damn cool. Was there a better place to learn about the world than at Cubs? I doubt it. We learnt all the stuff that every 11-year-old boy needed to survive on the mean streets of rural Kent. That meant a lot of knots. Need to know how best to join two pieces of rope together of different thicknesses? Look no further than the sheet bend. Need a non-slip loop at the end of a rope? Try the bowline. Perhaps you're looking to secure your horse to a horizontal pole. Then the round turn and two and a half hitches is the knot for you. Oh yes, I knew that if I could get my knots right, the world would lay itself at my feet. And it wasn't just knots. Watch in astonishment as I start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. Although if that doesn't work, watch Arcala do it using paraffin and a couple of swan vestas. Ah, Arcala. Although named after the she-wolf from Kipling's The Jungle Book, by day she went under the name of Mrs. Harmer, Stephen's mum, who would also, on occasion, pop round to our house and cut my hair for 50p. The 70s have been much maligned since so many of its stars have fallen to Operation Newtree, but from my point of view, as a kid growing up, they were fantastic. It's easy to look back on that time before mobile phones and 24-hour screen fun with rose-tinted spectacles. So I will. No one spent their day glued to their phone because the phone was glued to the wall. If you were a kid, making a phone call was a special occasion and you never, never, ever used the phone before six in the evening unless you wanted to send your family into financial ruin. Young mothers had been forced on the game for less. Now, if you wanted to find out whether your friend could come out to play, you walked the half mile up the road to his house and knocked on the door. If you were in a hurry, you might take the space hopper, but beware, if it sprung a puncture, you had no way of getting home. If there was no reply, you went round the back. If there was still no sign, you either left a note on his door and moved on to your second best friend's house or sat on the step for a bit in the hope that he'd turn up. If no friends could be roused, you'd walk home with one foot on the curb and one in the gutter, up and down, up and down, to cheer yourself up. Mum told me it was dangerous, but when something was that much fun, I was happy to take my chances. But then again, the 70s were a time when we took our road safety advice from Tufty the Squirrel, not an animal known for its instinctive understanding of traffic flow. But, with hundreds of his companions killed on the roads every year, we knew that he spoke from the heart. 
You had to be careful on the roads in the 70s because most of the people driving the cars had been drinking. No one wore a seatbelt either. You sat on your mum's lap in the front, four kids on the back seat and one loose in the boot. There were no speed cameras. Speed limits were seen purely as a guideline. I remember my dad explaining to me how to work out how fast you could go. You just add 10, he said. So a limit of 30 miles an hour meant you could go at 40, 50 meant 60 and 70 meant 80. Unless, of course, you'd had a drink, in which case you simply subtracted 10 and used the back routes where possible. If you were stopped by the police, you merely claimed that you'd got the amount you were allowed to drink whilst you were driving mixed up with the amount you were allowed to take through customs. I've only had one litre of spirits, officer. Or was it two bottles of fortified wine? It didn't really matter, though. In rural Kent at that time, the fuzz were probably pissed too. The 70s, when men were men and had aftershaves to match. Brute, pagan man and high karate. Men and women smelt different back then. Men smelt of beer, sweat, brittle cream, violence, fear and anxiety, all carefully dressed with a top note of pine. As for women, they smelt strongly of powder, some sort of scented powder that they put on their faces and inside their bras and pants, according to my friend Patrick. And when the powder met the aftershave, well, presumably it formed some sort of paste.'